Hello, and welcome to the Flowering She Rose podcast. My name is Anna, or for the purpose of this podcast, Anahita, bearer of roses. I'm here to bridge plant and human consciousness as we gather in this virtual garden and explore how plants can help us awaken our feminine essence. It's my prayer that these personal stories, transmissions, and medicine music may remind you of the sacredness of this magical life and the power that lies in your intuitive nature. Hi friends, welcome back. This is episode 14 of the Flowering She Rose podcast. It's been over a year since I last connected with you all and released the last episode and my, what a year it has been for all of us, I'm sure. So much has happened and not happened as we sat at home, but um, the inner process is what counts, right? And today I have a wonderful guest and a, a beautiful interview to share with you all and also an important announcement to make, which is that I have discontinued the hosting for the podcast and the website. It is time to let go of this creation for now. The podcast will be taken offline off of all podcast streaming platforms by August on August 12th. However, you will still be able to access all episodes on the podcast's YouTube channel, which I'll be linking to in the show notes. The only downside there is that I had to remove some of the music because of the YouTube policy, but you should still then be able to find the songs that I'm announcing in the show. And so as a final gift to you all, and also to honor the intention that um, my guest and I set by recording this episode in March of this year, I'd like to share this final interview with you with Julie of Golden Rose Healing. Julie is an incredibly gifted healer that has helped me through some very hard times in this past year. She has a wonderful French accent where she's originally from France and she's now living in London. Julie is a multidimensional alchemist, ascension guide, and rose guardian. As a channel of the divine, she works with different councils of light, including Venus and the Pleiades and ascended masters. Her mission is to assist you in the process of unveiling, remembering, and embodying the light that you are. She brings this work by focusing on the opening and healing of the heart in all its dimensions. Her work reaches into the multidimensionality of the human experience, including ancestral healing, soul aspects retrieval, karmic healing, and DNA activations through the sounds she channels. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. Thank you, Anahita, and everybody listening. It's a pleasure to be here, really. Julie, maybe we can start with you giving us a short introduction. Who are you? Where in the world are you right now? Yes, um, my name is Julie. I was born and raised in southern France. I am French. I currently live in London and I've been living there for the past two years. What else do I need to say? It's always so daunting to talk about yourself. <laughs> Well, I think it would be interesting to hear the short version, if that's possible, of how you came to be a higher heart alchemist and an ascension guide, which are, are terms that you're currently using to describe your work. And I'm sure it's also constantly shifting and changing. Yes, it is. it has to evolve because the, the energetic signature we carry transforms throughout time. And it's important that words do their best to reflect that. Um, I think it's a very classic story of the wounded healer that I went through. I was born with the gifts. Um, 
since I was a little girl, of extra sensitivity, empathetic clairvoyance, clear audience, clear cognizance. I would just receive information randomly in my head, and I would know it to be true, but I couldn't explain how or why. I was connected with the elementals, um, and early on I had an ability for helping souls cross to light, the souls who had gone and who were um, feeling a bit lost, helping them cross. And I was very comfortable with the gifts, as we are as children. And as time went on, I started becoming uncomfortable with the gifts. I felt very alone. Uh, I think so many of you listening will resonate with this uh, sort of starseed uh, longing for home <laughs> feeling uh, that many of us have gone through. I felt very inadequate. I didn't know what to do with the gifts, um, nor did I have any guidance, really. There was no one really around me that was like that. Um, maybe my mom a little bit. My mom is a bit more witchy <laughs> than I am, um, but she couldn't really guide me much. And so I turned away from the gifts. I shut them down. It felt like too much. It felt like a burden, um, more than a blessing. I was very overwhelmed by all of it. I really, really wanted to meet a guide, a teacher, and there wasn't really anyone available. And after shutting down the gifts, I went through some of the very mundane journey, the very first in life, studying, getting a degree, getting a job, having the first job, the first relationships, the first experiences in life, um, going through all of that on a very 3D plane. And then there was a whole quest to come back to my senses, to come back to who I am, to reopen the channels, to reclaim who I was. And I'm still very much walking that path right now. Uh, hopefully it's a lot easier than it was some years ago. <laughs> so higher heart alchemist, if you break it down, an alchemist is somebody who transmutes, who takes lead and transmutes it into gold. Um, and as I've been serving, I noticed that that's what I was doing. I was assisting people in transmuting what they considered to be lead, the wounds, the aspects of themselves that they rejected, that they blamed, um, that they didn't like, that they didn't love, didn't forgive, and helping them to transform that, to bring that back home. And the higher heart is really because most of the work I do revolves around heart healing. It's a portion of what I do, but it's an important one. And that's usually how people connect with me because they hear the words higher heart. So that's, that's a short explanation for that one. And Ascension Guide came more recently um, as I've been doing workshops and doing live transmissions. And I did this live transmission recently called Magdalena Anna Reclaim. And I have a beautiful friend back in France who I consider to be very connected. She said, oh my goodness, this was not a workshop. This was an ascension healing, an ascension journey. And when I heard the words, they sort of exploded in my mind, in my heart, in my awareness. There was a, a full body uh, recognition. Yes, yes, that's what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm doing. And it took me a few weeks to accept to use the words Ascension Guide, uh, but my guides have been really going on and on about this, and so I am finally comfortable using them, yes. Mm, there's so much in this already. <laughs> Could you share what your understanding of Ascension is? Mm, it's a vast topic. Well, um, I can start by saying what Ascension is not. <laughs> I think many people think Ascension is 
you know, ascending into 5D, 7D, 9D, leaving your body, going into outer space, becoming ethereal beings of light uh, made of crystal. And it's, it's, it's in a sense, that's what we're doing, but we're not leaving the human plane. We're not leaving the earth plane anytime soon. Ascension to me is the process of the spiritualization of matter, which is living as embodied source consciousness within a human body, at peace with humanity, embracing what humanity is, embracing the opposites, the contrasts, the contradictions, embracing the ego even, which is what the ego does. The ego allows us to experience duality here. It allows us to feel separate from the rest of creation and we form a sense of identity thanks to that. And so ascension is holding that into the awareness at the same time that we hold source consciousness into our awareness and manifest that in a very concrete daily material way. That's my view on it. Thank you. And I think that is so important to clarify this idea of awakening being not necessarily just an up and out process, but a down and inward process into matter and matter is something holy mm -hmm. i think uh, when we first hear ascension it's exactly what you first said transcending the body mm. going out up and out into some higher realms transcending the ego and mm -hmm. when you said embracing the ego mm. Mm. yeah you think of ascension you think of going up really and unfortunately a lot of the misunderstanding that will somehow you know go somewhere else that's really an, a desire from the ego to escape reality, to escape being human, to bypass that, some would say. Because it's uncomfortable being human. It is uncomfortable. It's painful sometimes. So I don't blame at all people who feel a connection to the stars, who long from another place that they call home and to want to go back there. That's really normal. That's very welcome to feel that way. Have you experience that yourself and how did you come to find home here that's a really good question and i hope that the answer will bring some comfort bring some solace to those who will hear this that's just my personal experience there are so many ways to come home really there are so many doors and windows to the house that is home and it doesn't matter how you enter which door you use we always come home for me the door that i used the pathway um, I had a first experience of meeting Source, being connected to Source when I was about 15, I think, 16 years old, and I was going through probably the darkest time of my life. It was a time of deep depression, trauma. It was a dark night of the soul, as we'd call it on the spiritual path. And there was not much hope left in my life. Uh, I felt so very disconnected, and my soul was crying to be reunited with mother, father, to feel that feeling again. It felt so isolating, so lonely to be here. And uh, there was a day where I took a nap. <laughs> and as I fell asleep, I was shouting within my soul, if there's anybody out there, if you're really real, then right now I really need a sign. I really, really, really need a sign. And then I was spontaneously taken out of my body. And I had a whole experience with different images, that I'll keep to myself. Uh, but long story short, there was a meeting with Source, which appeared uh, as a sun, as a golden, immense mass of energy. And it felt like love. 
It felt like a love that I had never experienced in that human life, yet completely familiar. And it felt that that love was not separate from me. I, I came to recognize that that was the love that I was made of as well. And um, there was a moment when I touched this light and disintegrated back into it and felt that I was really, really one with everything, with, with all of life. This experience has been brought in a different way uh, later in life through the practice of Zen meditation. I've been practicing Zen Buddhism for six years now. And in deep meditation, there has been that experience of oneness, of unity consciousness, um, becoming one, physically becoming one with source, feeling as if you're disintegrating into an ocean of love. Um, and I can't remember what was the second part of your question. <laughs> it was whether you've had a shared experience of perhaps not feeling like you belong on Earth, like you're more more of a star seed, more galactic, and then how you came to find home. Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, yes, definitely. I don't think that there are people who are not star seeds, actually. I don't know if it's popular opinion or not. doesn't matter. I think all of us are star seeds. Uh, for some people, this one human incarnation may not be about reconnecting to that aspect. They may have other things to deal with that take them on the very human plane. All of us are starseeds, and I've traveled to many places. I don't call one place home in the stars, which was confusing at first, because there's this desire to come home and to find the one and only place that will be home, and it's not the case. <laughs> but through reconnecting with some of my galactic lineages, I found pieces of home every time until I realized that home is within me, is it's in every cell of my body, every particle, every atom that is within and without me. And it's that spending more time connecting with that, being that, and it's a practice. There have been key moments like the one I shared of feeling oneness with source, and that's beautiful, but you always come back down after that. You go on a high, you experience that, and then you come back on the 3D plane, and you go, now what? Well, now what? Now ascension. Now you embody that feeling. You practice being in that space. You practice being that until it really, really anchors within you. Um, so that's how I slowly found my way home. And I walk home Every day, I don't think we can say, uh, I wasn't home and now I am. We are always home. We just forget. We don't feel it. We're not aware of it. We resist it for many, many reasons. And so there are times when I resist being home. I don't feel at home. Um, and then I remember <laughs> and I feel it again. Whether that's through meditation or prayer or devotion or looking at roses, smelling perfumes, being in silence and stillness in solitude that really helps mm, i'm just remembering this phrase i don't know if, if it was from a song yeah i think a song by olivia fern mm -hmm. um, that we are walking each other home oh yes it's a beautiful one i've i've seen that quote as a ramdas quote but it's probably mm. coming from source really <laughs> coming from source through different mouths <laughs> through different channels but it's beautiful it's exactly that we walk each other home we hold space for one another as we are remembering that which we are and that's the beauty of it uh, and something that i wanted to share with everybody listening today is that we don't have to wait until we've reached that impossibly perfect version of ourselves completely whole completely healed until we can start holding space for others there are a few prerequisites 
obviously. Um, but you can start holding space for people who are maybe just one step or a couple of steps um, where you were before. You know, you don't have to wait until you reach that point of self-mastery, enlightenment, completion, until you can start doing that. And so as I still walk home myself, as I still walk myself home, I also walk others home and others walk me home. Mm. I love that it takes everyone back to the same level when you put it that way, because it's very easy to think, oh, I need someone else to walk me home. I need, 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 need the feeling that we need someone else, that attachment to an external source of support, of healing, which is not to say it's not important. It is absolutely important. Thank goodness we walk each other home. Thank goodness we have healers and guides. But ultimately, the point of the healing and the guidance is that you can be home by yourself, is that you can walk yourself home. Otherwise, you keep placing your power away from yourself. That's not empowering. Yes, you are the healer. You are the guide. You are the teacher. That guidance, that wisdom, it lives within the cells of your body. You're remembering little by little. You're unveiling that. You're becoming aware of the light that you are, but you already are that light. You've already been that light. You'll always be that light, no matter how you behave, what you say, how you feel. It doesn't take that away from you. Hmm. Thank you for sharing the transmission that just came through. I wasn't adding much to it because it, uh, it had me in a no-mind space. I feel like the, the message that you were sharing was very strong. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for holding this space, for creating this sacred container. The guides can speak all they want if there's no one to listen. It's <laughs> not much use for it. So yes, whenever we speak, we carry specific frequencies through our voice, through our presence. It's the energy field that we emit in the world. Everybody does that. And when I speak, that happens as well. There's a, an encoding in the words, in the tone of the voice as well. Yes. Um, you just spoke about an Ascension workshop that you led around Anna and um, Magdalene. Anna, grandmother of Jesus, is someone that I've spoken about on this podcast and my connection to her. And um, I'm wondering if you'd like to share some more about your connection to this uh, lineage and this family Oh, it's really deep. It just lit up my heart right now <laughs> to hear you talk about them. My heart is going poof. Um, and first of all, I really honor and acknowledge the deep connection you have with Anna. It's not just in your name. It's all <laughs> over your energy. And it's beautiful to connect with somebody who is so related, who carries these frequencies. It always lights up my heart. And I think it's part of the recognition that we experience when we met again in this life. Yeah the call to work with each other. And um, it's an old connection that dates back from before um, the timeline of Yeshua, Anna, and Mary Magdalene. And you look at the lineage, you look at the Isis, Magdalene lineage, and you pull the string further back. You go back to Inanna and Ishtar. You go back to the Divine Mother. You go back to Source eventually when you keep pulling the string. Um, so I've had connection with all of these timelines, all of these lineages. It's very, very old. Um, I've connected at the time of Inanna. Um, 
I was here serving her, serving Ishtar, serving Isis, serving all the guides um, in this lineage. And the timeline of Yeshua, Mary Magdalene and Anna is very precious, very sacred, very important to my heart, as it is for everyone who has been a part of it. If you speak with everyone who has been around at the time of the Essenes, they will have deep emotions coming forward um, in the whole spectrum of emotions as well. Um, what could I share? Anna is, it's hard to put her into words really. She is mother, she's grandmother, she is teacher, she's wise woman. She's the one who planted the seeds. She's the one who did the nitty gritty work, the behind the scenes work, the work that doesn't get acknowledgement and recognition. And she knew this from the beginning and she was very comfortable with that. So it's a very humbling guide, I feel, in that aspect for everybody who is working in the background, who feel like they may not get validated, they may not get seen and, and recognized for what they do. She really brings peace with that, knowing that we are exactly where we need to be playing the role that we need to be playing. And there is no small role, whether you work with plants in your garden, whether you um, sweep the streets take out garbage for people. Whatever you do, this is divinely needed. It's playing a part. And she really brings that back. There is just so much to say about them, really. Do you have any, any specific question that you'd like to ask? It would be interesting to hear how your connection to this lineage or to these Ascended Masters plays into your work as a higher heart alchemist and maybe even how they contributed to you finding your own methods of healing. Mm. Um, if we talk about them, we also have to talk about the rose because this is very yes. connected with the rose. Yes. Which we were going to talk about it anyway. Yeah, good time, good transition, Anna. Thank you. I awakened more consciously to my connection with Mary Magdalene first, and the rose around the same time. And this was about two years ago now. So in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty recent if you think about it. Uh, but it came as a, as a storm in my life and it was very fast and it was deep and intense, very much the awakening process. There was a lot of preparation to that. And since the moment I moved to the UK, to England, everything accelerated. I've been in another time space dimension since I moved here, which is another topic in and of itself. And the rose came back. I didn't realize it was there all my life, just under my nose. The connection, I've always had roses in my life. I've always loved them, always been in awe of them, swooning over them. Uh, my grandmother had roses in her garden that I could not stop staring at and touching and connecting with and smelling. Um, I went to Japan for a little bit. I lived in Japan. I had a host mom who had a rose garden. She was a rose specialist. She collected rose species from all over the world and seeds. Mm. And, and the garden was full of roses to the brim. So it's been there all along. Mm. And I just didn't realize it until it hit me in the face. Oh, yes, of course, it's the rose. And um, when I reconnected with Mary Magdalene, she called me back to do her pilgrimage on her feast day, July 22nd. There's a mountain, the Saint-Baume mountain in the south of France, near my hometown, Marseille. And there is a cave dedicated to Mary Magdalene where she lived and she taught and she spent time in retreat. And so you can go up the mountain and there's a pilgrimage every year, July 22nd. And she called me back. She said, you have to go home now. Come and meet me. 
and so I did with a few Soul Sisters as well. And around the same time, a little bit prior to that, my guides suddenly started saying the words Higher Heart Alchemy. They said these words over and over again. And I said, okay, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> what are these words? What does this mean? Um, and they weren't saying anything else. There was no explanation. But it kept coming back. Higher Heart Alchemy. And after the pilgrimage, they said, this will be a healing modality that you're going to offer. And I said, okay, but what does it entail? You have to tell me what this is about. <laughs> and they said, mm, it's not time yet. It's not necessary for you to know. And then one day they asked me to talk about it. And I said, okay, but what is this about? And still, there was no answer. And I got a bit mad at them. I throw tantrums sometimes at them. And I go, well, how do you expect me to talk to people about something that I don't even know what this is about? And they said, you surrender. They need to mm -hmm. know in advance to control everything. I guess in a way it was training for the state of channeling. I was already channeling before that, but it was further initiation into the state of channeling, which is complete surrender of the ego, of the mind, of the analytical, you know, right brain, logical mind. There's none of that when you channel. So that was a deeper initiation into that. And so I took my hands of the steering wheel and I posted. And as I was writing, some words came out and I was channeling as I wrote down. And this is how it came through. Little by little, they were giving more and more information until one day they said, you're going to do your first session. And I said, yes, but I still don't feel that I know what I'm doing. So it doesn't matter. You will know when you do it. Again, <laughs> complete surrender. Just take a leap of faith. Jump from the cliff and we'll be there. And I so happened to talk about this with a, with a friend of mine, a soul sister. And she said, oh, my goodness, my heart lits up when I hear these words, when I just tune into this frequency. Please, 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 I want to have this session. And so I did my first session with her. And it completely blew our minds, both hers and mine. And that's how Higher Heart Alchemy, my signature healing session, was born. And so this term, Higher Heart, that sparks something for so many people, what does it mean? What is the Higher Heart and, and what is its connection to the rose frequency? Mm. The Higher Heart, uh, we first have to understand that there are more than one heart centers. We're used to thinking of the heart chakra as this um, pink or green, depending um, chakra that's located at the center of the chest. There are, in fact, many, many, many chambers within the heart center. I want to give a quick summary. There's the left heart center, which is the organ, the heart. And this is very related. It holds the wounds that we've experienced in this lifetime when we hold anger, pain, grudge, jealousy, resentment, grief. Um, this is really stored within the physical heart. We have the spiritual heart that sits on the right side of the chest, so across the physical heart on the right side. And this is really related to our spiritual life. I don't want to go too much into it, not to you know, overwhelm everyone with information. Um, and also because more than information, tune in. Tune in with these places in your body and see for yourself how it feels. See what is stored there. What are the messages? What are the memories? What is the wisdom? It's more important than anything you will hear or learn uh, from anyone about the heart. It's a, it's a direct connection. Um, the higher heart is a point located just below the collarbones in the center of the chest. And this would be typically where we store a lot of karmic information and where we connect to spiritual lineages and to a higher octave 
of love, the closer to unconditional love. We could also say the sacred heart, which sits above the central heart center. It's a higher octave of the heart center, holds that role as well. It's a little bit of both. And the higher heart is related to the color aquamarine, to the, the crystal aquamarine a lot. It's these teal, blue, watery green tones. Um, a lot of people feel Lemurian energies when they connect to their higher heart. This is uh, an angelic energy as well. And it really opens our human heart and the connection to unconditional love. So the higher heart is like a doorway to not just a form of universal love, but also to the human heart, to mm -hmm. relational love. Yes. Would you say that's true? Yes, because if you look at the position in the body, it is between the heart center and the throat. It is the link between how we relate to others, how we express ourselves, communication, and feelings. To put things simply. And so mm -hmm. it makes sense that it's connected to our ability to relate to one another, to the world, to the guides, to higher energies. Yes, very much. And I would love to share a very, very simple exercise that anybody who is listening right now can do at home. It's very quick, very simple. If this resonates for you, if you would like to explore your higher heart, you may have never felt that point in your body consciously. Uh, you can take your fingers on one hand and very gently tap this point. You do a few taps. You center your breath. You're sending the breath through the nose, through the throat as well. And you send the breath and you gently tap below the collarbones. And explore with this. Experiment. Have fun with it. See how that feels. This is a great exercise to also come back to center when there is something that's hard to express, hard to say when we have a knot in our throat, when we feel that our heart is a little bit closed, yet uh, it feels a bit difficult to directly access the heart because it is closed uh, or because it's hurting. So accessing the higher heart sometimes can feel like a gentler doorway. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. This aquamarine frequency and the connection to Lemuria is something that I'd be curious to hear more about. Um, I remember many years ago being uh, at a yoga center for a couple of weeks and uh, reading through an Arasoma book about these bottles with different mixtures of colors and minerals. And they were explaining that there's a chakra between the heart and throat chakra called the Ananda Kanda. Um, chakra that I had never heard about, but I remember putting it down in my journal because it resonated so much. And the color was this aquamarine turquoise. And so in some of our sessions, we have uh, come back to this um, Lemurian lineage. How does Lemuria play into this higher heart chakra? Oh, that's such a good question. First of all, thank you for bringing this information about Anandakanda. I didn't know about this. I actually didn't have any confirmation in the outside world of what I just said about the aquamarine uh, frequency there. This is what my guides have shared, but it's beautiful to have the confirmation coming from you mm -hmm. as well. So I really, really <laughs> appreciate that. And what I'm going to say about Lemuria is what I would say about the rose or about any frequency, spiritual lineage that anyone listening might be feeling called to or might be curious about, trying to learn more about. Before you read anything or listen to anything or, 
you know, do any research on all of these things. I always, always, always tell people, go with your own experience with it. You want to learn more about Lemuria, feel what it feels like? Go inside, go in silence and ask. Ask, simply ask. I would like to feel what Lemuria feels like. I would like to know more about what it means to me. I would like to remember what I am ready to remember, trusting that this is the most aligned transmission for me right now. I have a lot of people who come to me because they see the name Golden Rose Healing, so they think of the rose. So lots of women specifically who are curious about the rose and they say, what could you tell me? What could you teach me about the rose? And I said, the rose will teach you everything you have to know about her. <laughs> because mm. if you read information out there about Lemuria or about the rose, you will see many, many varied accounts of what this is about and sometimes contradicting and that's why reopening to, to your spirituality can be so confusing sometimes, right? And most of us, when we awaken, we have to walk through connecting again and sharpening our discernment. But until that's done, until we are anchored enough in our discernment that we can feel the frequency of truth and the frequency of uh, deceit, intentional or intentional or unintentional, um, it's really good not to have too much uh, input, not too much information input, and just go within and ask your guides. And I know that there are many people uh, listening who might say, but I don't feel a connection with my guides. It, I ask and I don't seem to really receive anything. So does this even work? This is really frustrating. I've been listening. I've been trying for a while. And all I can say to this is keep asking, keep believing that the answer will come. If the answer doesn't come to you, there is a divine timing for that. Sometimes we want to understand everything. We want to remember everything now. And oh my goodness, do I understand that? <laughs> Again, Aries impulses. But sometimes if we were given the information that we're not ready to hear, to integrate, to accept, this would be really detrimental, counterproductive. And I'm really glad now when I look back in hindsight that my guides didn't bring forward uh, certain pieces of information that I would not have been ready to hear about. This would have been so overwhelming and confusing to me. I wanted to know so much and I kept fighting and asking. And now when I look back, I go, thank you, everyone, because this was the most compassionate, loving decision you ever made on my behalf. Not to tell me what I wasn't ready to hear. Not because I didn't deserve it, not because I wasn't worthy of it, just because the same way that you hold the hand of a child when they learn to walk, that's what the guides are doing with us. This is a loving decision. So to come back to your main question about Lemuria, what I'm going to share, that's the truth that I have uncovered. I've read very little things about Lemuria. That's the truth I uncovered. To anybody listening, please take what resonates only, what feels like truth in your body, you recognize truth by how it feels in your body. Your cells ignite, are set on, on fire when you feel the frequency of what is true for you. There's, there's a knowing, there's a recognition. So Lemuria is a very ancient civilization that pre-existed Atlantis and many of the what we consider to be ancient civilizations on this planet. Um, and it was a time when humanity was really pure in the sense that it was very connected to source. The beings who lived in Lemuria were walking embodiments of source consciousness. And they were aware that that's what they were. 
And so in a way, they were embodying what we are striving to embody through the process of ascension, or trying to come back to that golden age. Um, there are many different lineages in Lemuria. This was a very vast continent, vast civilization, the same way that we have so many different cultures and traditions nowadays in the world. So it's not one thing. And Lemuria escapes all attempts to contain it and define it. Lemuria is a land of paradox. Um, so with that being said, people who connect with water, dolphins, whales, mermaids, the, the sea kingdom tend to be very connected to Lemuria. Uh, people who connect with the plant kingdom as well, with plant medicine, plant alchemy, is often an indication uh, of a Lemurian lineage. And very simply, if you look at pictures of Hawaii, the Hawaiian islands, which is very, very imbued with the frequencies of Lemuria. And if you feel anything in your heart and body, that would be an indication as well. The aquamarine crystal, the, the rainbow frequency, the rainbow crystals, quartz, the Lemurian quartz, these are crystals that are typically associated with Lemuria. They're very high frequencies. I found also that celestite, angelite are also very connected to it. Um, the same as kunzite and rose quartz even. But that's that's not a complete list, of course. Yes. And um, one thing that I also connect with Lemuria is uh, sound. Yes. How there was an understanding of the technology of sound mm -hmm. that was very refined and advanced, which also brings me to another question that I wanted to, to ask you to um, speak about, which is the way that sound has come to play a part in your healing work thank you for this question thank you thank you this is a beautiful one and i'm very excited to speak about this um and i love the way that you are connected with sound oh, it's beautiful from the first moment that i heard you sing and play the guitar my heart was just lit up and i really have to say this so for anyone listening who has not heard your poetry sung out loud, uh, please, please, please go and have a listen to Anahita's work. It's absolutely divine. I love it. Mm. Um, sound is the central piece of the work I do. Sound has come running back into my life, uh, I would say really last year, which again is very recent, but very it was a very intense connection. I used to be in a choir when I was a little girl for a little bit. I loved singing. I would sing all the time and and then I went through a whole period of throat, my throat closed. And there were a lot of memories and contracts. There was a lot going on around my throat uh, that made it close for a very long time. And also trauma from this lifetime that I had to go through. And eventually, after sifting through all that and healing so many of these layers, so many of these memories, understanding the why and the how they were there in the first place, sound came back like a river rushing into my life last year and that's when everything opened my throat really opened light language came through and the frequencies came through so at the moment when i do healing sessions or workshops transmissions when i work there's a lot of sounds and i think you can attest to that <laughs> many many sounds yes. coming through and so it's a direct transmission again sound is frequency which is information and it has different therapeutic purposes depending on the frequency and it is channeled it comes directly through me. Um, there are different frequencies, angelic, rose frequencies, Venus, Pleiades, you know, depending on my lineages, obviously, and also guides that want to come through at the moment for the person. So um, 
yesterday I did a session and I was channeling fairy tones, which was very interesting. I love working with fairies. Mm. Lemurian frequencies, a lot of Lemurian tones, whale and dolphin tones as well. I mean, the list would go on and on and on. Um, it just comes through the same with languages of light. And very interestingly, I do not have any sound instruments. I do not have crystal balls. I do not have anything. Uh, and I keep asking to my guides, how come it's somehow never a priority to buy it, never, it just hasn't flowed in my life. And when I say that, they, they, they laugh at me because <laughs> we have that relationship sometimes. They're very funny. They have a lot of humor. And it's just like talking to a friend. They laugh at me and they say, what for? You don't need it. Your voice is the instrument. That's more than enough. So maybe instruments will come later, but for now I just trust. Yes, sound is a, is, a key, is a key part. And again, I want to speak to everybody who is listening, who might feel called to work with sound or who might feel that they really want to open their throat, who might feel a bit constricted there. Mm -hmm. Your vocal cords are your primary healing instrument, sound mm -hmm. instrument, and they are already attuned to your own frequency. That's why, even on a biological level, you are your own best healer. All the tones you need to heal yourself go through your vocal cords. A very simple practice that you can do, if you feel any area of your body that is a bit tense, that needs some, some TLC, some love, some healing, close your eyes, center yourself in silence and stillness, drop your awareness into that part of your body, and then let the sounds out. What does that area of my body sound like? At first, it might not be much. Keep practicing. Keep doing it. If you need, do it alone, in privacy, if you feel a bit self-conscious, which I completely understand. Do it in privacy. Let the sounds out, little by little. There's no judgment to have around if there are loud sounds or if there are quiet sounds. It doesn't matter. The, the potency of the sound doesn't depend on the loudness, on the volume. So just let the sounds out. Maybe at first you're going to be voicing out how that area feels, how that organ, how that muscle feels. Just expressing, it's a means of, of releasing the energy that is stored there. And after a while, when you feel that that release has gone all the way through, keep toning and then you'll be bringing the healing frequencies to yourself. And you'll feel a shift in vibration. In your body, in your throat, you will feel a shift. Mm, I can attest to that. Um, mm -hmm. Just the other day, I was driving home from the office job that I'm currently working at, and um, my neck was hurting from um, all the time at the screen. And uh, I have a 40-minute drive home, and uh, I'm kind of lucky for it because I can then use it to make sounds. Nobody hears me in my car. And um, I eventually just uh, was resounding mm -hmm. this area um, in my upper neck and uh, noticed how after some time the pain dissolved. Yes. Just yep. uh, intuitively letting it out. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's beautiful. You know, when we cry, feel deep emotion, deep sadness or grief, there are sounds coming out when we cry as well. The, the whining, the, the, what is it called? The moaning, you know? Mm -hmm. um, when we're angry and we want to scream, 
What's the expression of that, that emotion, that energy? Yes. One thing that you mentioned when you spoke about um, the different frequencies that you become a channel for was the rose frequency. And since the roses in your business's name, Golden Rose Healing, and the roses in Flowering She Rose, I'd like to just open up the space to see if the rose frequency would like to come through and uh, share a message with us today. Maybe you'd like to start by explaining what the rose frequency is to you. Yes, um, she does want to come through. She said that before we sat to record, actually. <laughs> I didn't want to say it before, <laughs> but she did mention that there would, be, there would be a transmission coming forward. So with the rose frequency, the rose lineages, I use plural, Mm -hmm. There are many different aspects to the rose frequencies, different lineages, traditions. You could date it back to, trace it back to Venus and Sirius and even the Pleiades and far beyond that, actually, way, 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 way beyond that. Um, but many of the frequencies that are channeled nowadays on the Earth plane are from those those lineages. And I talked a little bit about the Inanna, Ishtar, Astarte, Isis, Magdalene, Aphrodite, you know, whole line of guides, um, this energetic lineage. And as with everything, the rose is a very private, intimate and sacred path. The rose will come into your life as a consciousness, as a being almost. And she connects with you on the deepest, most intimate level. And she tells you and teaches you and shows you everything you need to know about her. So it's unique for every woman. Yes, there are similarities in the journey, of course, but it's a very intimate path. That's why I always recommend to people who want to tune in with the rose to do it on their own first. And so, yes, it's a frequency of love. It's a gentle, loving frequency, but it's also empowering. It's a frequency that makes you rise up from your ashes when you're down there feeling broken. She just pulls you up. When you need it so she can be gentle but she can be fierce and powerful the rose and the thorns you could see it that way so she's very multi-dimensional there are so many aspects it's like looking at a diamond really you just you know you move the diamond you know in the sun before your eyes and you see all these different facets and colors and prisms it's exactly what the rose is and i feel that i have barely scratched the surface of what she is who she is and what she has to share i feel It, I eternally feel like a beginner, really. And it's humbling, and it's really, it, it's good that way. It's good that it's that way, that we don't um, hold it as something that's finite, that we've seen all of it. It's, it's really good that we keep it open. She has more to share. And so, yes, I think that gives a little overview. I am more, um, I'm happier when I talk about the rose than when I talk about the sisterhood of rose. And I want to very quickly mention that posts and websites and transmissions um, from beautiful women all over the world before we get into any organized group it's really good to connect with the frequency itself because as with any organized group there are distortions as well any organized group you'll have different octaves of that frequency present and so again that's where we want to sharpen our discernment to tune in with our body so that we can recognize 
what octave feels aligned for us in the moment. Thank you for, for sharing that introduction and this reminder for us all to tune into our own mm -hmm. truth and to listen yes. within before listening uh, to the guidance that comes from others. Mm -hmm. And as you said, the rose is, is present and, and wanting to share a transmission. And even as we got onto the call, you said that you had just received a huge bouquet of roses from a delivery person as a gift for your birthday, which uh, was beautiful and exciting and um, feels like it's just a proof that she is ever so present. Yes, yes, yes. Um, she came through the, this big bouquet from a wonderful client, beautiful white and pink roses, white in the center, pink on the edges. So that might be the frequency that wants to come through today, a blend of white and pink, yes. So for anybody listening, if you have the space for this right now, you may want to simply close your eyes and let yourself arrive in this present moment and let your breath take you deeper into the present moment in your body and let your breath sink very gently without forcing anything. You may want to let your ribcage rise and fall in its own time. And you may want to let the awareness gently drop in this space at the center of the chest without having to do anything, without having to force anything. By placing your attention on that place, you're already there. You're already home. And you are always home wherever you are walking, on this earth or amongst the stars. And you may remember that this earth is a star in the sky from our perspective. Whenever you are longing for home, know that this earth is a home. And you may even visualize at the center of your heart a beautiful rose of whichever color comes for you today. And from the center of the rose, drops of nectar pouring from the petals, from the inside out, overflowing as a chalice of softness and gentleness. the nectar of divine love. This is the gift of great compassion for yourself, for your own journey. This is a gift of gentleness and forgiveness to yourself. 
Great compassion is for yourself first before you can give it to anyone else, before your heart can open to anyone else and hold space. The space holding is for yourself first. This gift that you are gifting yourself, you are gifting all hearts, the same heart beating through different chests. The transmission is complete and we receive this blessing of compassion for ourselves from Kuan Yin. Mm. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Thank you, Kuan Yin and Rose. <sighs> there is a lot that seems to be clearing for everybody who will be listening to this around the throat and around the heart and around the root chakra. So everybody listening to this may feel it in different areas. And if they listen to the podcast again and again, they will receive the transmission in different ways, in different areas each time. They will receive exactly what's aligned for them. But yes, there's a lot of um, heavy emotional weight and a lot of self-imposed censorship is the word that's coming through. For many people listening, um, you may feel that you cannot share your truth, that it's not safe one way or another, or that somehow you don't have the right. That if you were not heard in the past, then it means you won't be heard in the future. And that is just not true. Yeah, as you were sharing this transmission, I was feeling the tingling around my chest, around my heart. Really throughout this entire conversation, there's been a lot of truth tingles. <laughs> Interestingly, when people listen to the chanting or the toning or the sounds, you know, uh, when we work together, they often say, it felt so familiar. It's just it's like remembering a song that I've heard so many times before that I myself have been singing. And so trust that remembrance. Trust, what, again, what feels like truth, what feels like home to you. That's your indication that you have a connection to particular lineages or energies. And that's where the word resonate comes from, right? To resound. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, mm-hmm. yes, it's sound again. We come back to it. It's said in a book, you know, that antagonizes a lot of people. It is said that first was the word. <laughs> that the word spoke creation into uh, matter. So that's the power of sound. And thank you for letting us all feel that today. We've gotten a small but powerful taste, glimpse. What's the word for hearing? (laughs) (laughs) Sample, I guess. Sample. Yes. (laughs) Um, Of what it's like to work with you. And um, perhaps you could let our listeners know how to connect with you if they'd like to experience more of this, your current offerings, where can you be reached? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at goldenrose.healing or on my website, goldenrose-healing.com, where you find all my offerings and transmissions. I work through Higher Heart Alchemy healing sessions, my signature healing modality. Um, You'll find on my website the different uh, replays of the workshops and the Ascension journeys that I do. It's all on my website and on my online store, which just launched today. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) It's a big day. And um, you can also connect with me through the Higher Heart Mentorship Sacred Container, which is a three-month journey one-on-one together where space is held for you in a 24-7 energetic container. And we go through mentoring calls and healing sessions together. And you have access to me every day via WhatsApp. You can ask any question. You can bring anything to the table. There is no topic that is off limits. And that's how to work with me. Wonderful. Um, Thank you so, so much for sharing bits of your vast amount of wisdom. Um, There's so many lineages that you connect to, which becomes very apparent when working with you. And so I'm glad that we were able to touch upon many different areas. So thank you so much, Julie, for being the first guest after (laughs) this long pause. Yes, it has been a real honor. Thank you, thank you, Anahita. I really, really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and really honor you and acknowledge you for holding this space. It's not an easy thing to do, uh, being a host for these frequencies. A lot of people don't realize what you're actually doing. Uh, They may feel like you're asking the question and, and being on the receiving end, but you're also weaving energy together with me. And it requires a specific ability to hold space to do that. So I thank you for really embodying what you are. This is part of your essence. This is part of your talent, your abilities. And this comes naturally for you. So thank you for doing this. This is a gift to all of us that you're bringing through. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you. I have a few more words to share with you all, dear listeners, on endings and beginnings and also on how to stay in touch in the future. When I started this podcast, I did not expect it to end after just 14 episodes. But I do trust that it has reached everybody that it was meant to reach. It was amazing for me to see that even in the year where I didn't continue to create content, according to the statistics, people continued to find the Flowering She Rose podcast. And I know from some dear souls that reached out to me how it has touched people, how it has helped them come home to themselves and unveil pieces of perhaps their soul that they 
hadn't discovered for themselves before yet. And so I'm very grateful to all of the guests and musicians that contributed to this co-creation. And I also trust that just the process of creation in and of itself brought joy and growth to all of us involved. The current times have had me focusing more on the desire to really connect to people in the physical realms. And my next projects, the intention for them is to involve a lot more teamwork and less um, solo work from home. Nonetheless, if I do end up creating something that I'd like to share with a wider audience and you would like to be informed about it, please let me know. I don't have a newsletter to sign up to, but you're welcome to send me a note. I'll add my private email address to the show notes so that we can stay in touch. I really don't know what will be coming next, but I think that's true for many of us in the situation today. I just know that I really wanted to honor all of your presence and support throughout the life cycle of this podcast and also to really be present for the wilting of this rose that has flowered and that will continue to flower in all of our hearts. I think it's easy to overgo the process of of wilting, of dying that is part of the life-death-life cycle of every creation. There is a seed, the idea, the intention, and then it starts to bud as you start to bring it into form. There's the blooming as it reaches other people out there and as it really allows you as the creatress to shine and to share your gifts. But as every flower has its ending and, and turns into a fruit if it was pollinated so do all creations eventually come to their end and I hope that the fruits of this creation are in all of your hearts on all of your tables to sensually dive into and also perhaps there will be connections born from this final episode So to all of you, once again, thank you, and I wish you the brightest sun, the most nourishing soil, and the warmest waters for your continual rising to the flower that you're meant to be. Blessed be.